You're listening to Episode 1 of Springfield Business Journal's 90 Ideas in 90 Minutes podcast. I'm Jennifer Jackson, publisher of Springfield Business Journal, and it has become a passion project of mine to select nine people from the greater Springfield, Missouri area that I have personally admired to share some of the secrets to their own success. In selecting these individuals, I have tried to curate some diversity of thought, of background, of age or generation, an area of expertise. Through this process, I have learned so much about people that I thought I was already familiar with, and I have been inspired in many ways to be better, to do more, to hold myself to a higher standard. I have gleaned small tidbits that I could easily borrow and make my own to improve some aspect of my own business. I have also been led to ponder some very deep foundational guiding principles and values that have led to success and greatness for some of our presenters. My hope for you as a listener is that you will also be inspired. In this episode, you will hear from three local leaders that have made their unique mark on the world as they expand on one or two key ideas for them. If you hear something that sparks your interest, I would encourage you to access their complete written submission of 10 ideas they have to share at www.spj.net slash 90 ideas. I offer a special thanks to AdSmith Marketing and Advertising for the production of this podcast series, and many thanks to Great Southern Bank, who serves as the sponsor for this special series. You will first hear from Ryan Graybill, Senior Director of International Disaster Services for Convoy of Hope. He has been part of more than 200 disaster responses since 2010, and in doing so has made it to all 50 states and 40 countries. Ryan has accomplished many great things by knowing and taking care of his team as well as himself. Convoy of Hope is an amazing faith-based organization founded locally in 1994 with a driving passion to feed the world through children's feeding initiatives, community outreach, and disaster response. Like all successful organizations, their mission is accomplished through people. Ryan Graybill was selected to participate in the 2022 90 Ideas Project because I consider him to be a people expert. Let's hear what he has to say. I'm going to start us out this morning with a confession. All right. It is December 8th today, and I have already eaten more Christmas cookies fudge, and other desserts than one person should eat in an entire calendar year. Can anyone relate? Is anyone willing to be honest? Okay. The, the rest of you, I'm assuming you'll catch up in the next couple weeks. But ironically, I also could have coffee with you for a few hours and talk about health and fitness. I've listened to podcasts. I've watched YouTube videos. And I've bought a lot of books about it. I, don't, I think you guys know that owning a book is the same as reading it, right? I don't know if maybe you own some books that are, you're really passionate about, but you haven't read them yet. I can relate. But the truth is that knowledge doesn't always equal implementation, right? There's some things in life that are very difficult. And I feel like my sugar addiction 
turning into fitness is similar to the intentional work that it would take to be a great leader. My second confession is that I've always wanted to be a great leader. I didn't really know what that looked like. I don't feel like I've achieved it. I felt like the goals were really hard to um, to set in a concrete way. You know, it's not something that you can just give steps to. But I've learned over time, uh, as the intro uh, showed of traveling the world, talking with people, working with different team members, that life is um, is about watching. It's about learning. And leadership is the same way. It's not about knowing everything and telling people everything that you know. Maybe many of you can relate to that. As she mentioned, my name's Ryan. I work with Convoy of Hope, a nonprofit here based in Springfield, Missouri, started in 1994. Uh, If you've never heard of it before, come visit us sometime. Uh, But I serve with a team. We respond to disasters all over the world. And Uh, It's an incredible team that I work with. Uh, I mentioned in one of the ideas that most of the great ideas that come from our team do not come from me. And so it's truly a team effort. One person cannot respond to disasters around the world. I'm guessing not too many people have responded to disasters before, so you'll just have to take my word for it. But we've learned a lot of hard lessons over the years. Many times we have found ourselves in situations that uh, we could have never predicted, of course. Uh, If you can imagine, every single project that our team works on starts with a disaster. So we're not starting from a level playing field. We don't have this great idea that we're pursuing with goals. We literally start with a disaster. So we're already trying to fix something that's broken. In the midst of that, like I said, we've learned a lot of hard lessons. And one of them I want to just highlight this morning um, is humility. It may seem like an odd lesson, Uh, may seem like it doesn't fit that much into disaster relief, but I want to uh, share that with you by telling you a story. In 2015, uh, there was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake in Nepal. I don't know if anyone remembers that event, but it it was quite catastrophic. If you've never had the privilege of going to Nepal and seeing the Himalayas, they are massive. Imagine the Rocky Mountains, but twice as tall. It's hard to even fathom just how majestic they are. Um, it's, it's absolutely breathtaking. Um, but in the midst of that region in Kathmandu, the capital, uh, and across the mountains are villages all over the place, on top of the mountains, on the side of the mountains that were completely flattened by this disaster. And um, we have, in the U.S., uh, we have a lot of systems in place to minimize the number of homes that are impacted depending on a type of disaster. In the U.S., uh, a disaster that destroys 500 or 1,000 homes is a pretty significant event. Um, In Nepal, they estimate about 500,000 homes were destroyed by the earthquake, just to speak to the magnitude of the event. We responded from Springfield with a team um, uh, from our organization. And when we arrived on site, we connected with some local leaders that we knew through a relationship. And... I don't know if you guys know this or not. I don't know how the world got this perception of us, but Americans are often perceived as know-it-alls, as pushy, as taskmasters. Uh, And so when we showed up, truthfully, we met with this team of leaders, and one of them was very vocal that they did not want us there. So our team in response, instead of standing up to this person and saying, hey, you don't understand how many disasters we've been to, okay? We know what we're doing here, so if you guys just listen, we'll figure it out. 
our team has learned over time that working with local leaders and allowing locals to serve their neighbors is a lot more effective and culturally appropriate, honestly, than us coming from another country and being the hero in a sense. So instead of reacting uh, with all of our knowledge, we just listen. We just sat with them. We heard stories. We cried with them. Um, we heard stories of pain. We heard stories of loss. Some of these leaders had lost family members themselves. And we encouraged them. We threw out ideas. We offered to help. And the same leader that when we first came in was totally opposed to working with us now works for our organization because he saw the heart of our team, saw the heart of our organization, and decided that he wanted to be a part of it. If you think this example is only applicable to Nepal or this situation, I would challenge you to dig a little bit deeper. If you have a conflict with a team member or a supervisor, or you're even trying to come up with the next great business idea, I promise you that humility and implementing it into the situation can change the situation completely. Thanks so much for the opportunity to share with you guys. I'm excited to hear the other ideas and answer any questions you have later uh, or in the coming weeks. So thanks a lot. The most powerful ideas come from understanding by asking what's important here. At Great Southern Bank, we start by asking our customers to find out how we're doing and what they really need. Then we get to work, making banking easier and more effective, financing more flexible, and our communities better places to live. It's an ongoing team effort to keep improving how we serve our neighbors day after day. And it all starts with understanding what really matters. Learn more at GreatSouthernBank.com. Member FDIC. My next guest is Grant Winstrom. Grant is someone I first became acquainted with through Springfield Business Journal Business and who I have come to know better working with him as a personal realtor. Grant is impressive in every sense of the word. I know him to be driven, dedicated, and passionate about whatever he involves himself with. Grant is a field agent for the Holt Homes Group of Keller Williams Realty and co-owner of Revival 98, which is a provider of high-quality medical-grade marijuana. He is a former American college and professional football player who was a defensive end in the NFL for nine seasons, playing for the St. Louis Rams and Seattle Seahawks. Among a cadre of honors, Winstrom is a recipient of the Lombardi and Bill Willis Awards, as well as a College Football Hall of Fame member. Taking his nourishment from a meat bucket is just one of the things that Grant does to maintain good health. I can't wait for you to hear him describe his thought process in his own words that has taken him on his very successful journey so far. Uh, yeah, you can read about meat buckets in the program, but uh, it, it just something that we do in our house to kind of simplify things and keep us living a a good, clean, healthy lifestyle. But um, I'm originally, I'm a Southwest Missouri native, uh, originally from Webb City, Missouri, uh, which is a stop sign. It's, it's growing, but back when I was there, it was a stop sign on a map uh, down by Joplin. Um, but Webb City does have, uh, it's a very proud community. And one thing they are very proud of there is their football team. And just this past Friday, they won their 16th state championship in the last 32 years. So, um, and People ask often, what 
why? Why is Web City successful? Um, what is it about it? Is it something in the water? And I'm like, yeah, there is a lot of lead in the water there, but that's not why they're good at football. And it comes down to a couple different things. Uh, one, they have incredible community support there. So any organization that has a support from outside coming in, people pouring into it all the time is going to be stronger. So that's a reason why they're good. But I truly believe that the main reason why they're so good at football, it's not because they have a bunch of NFL caliber athletes there. Um, I really think, I, I don't know anybody from Web City that's played in the NFL. You know, some guys, my younger brother was drafted um, and didn't make it. And a couple other guys have had opportunities but didn't make it. So it's not like there's a hotbed of athletic talent down there. But what makes them so dang good is they focus on the fundamentals. Uh, from eight years old through high school, they're doing the right things all the time, every time. Their coaches are coming in. The high school coaches are teaching the peewee coaches how to what, what programs, what systems they want to run, what, what plays they want to run, all these things. And so these kids at a young age are learning the basics, learning the fundamentals, so that when they get to the field on Friday night, it's not, they're not learning plays, or even when they're, you know, stepping onto the field in the offseason for the first time in high school, they're not learning things. They're fine-tuning things at that point because the basics have been drilled into them for so hard for so long. And uh, when I was there, it was the same thing. We just, every day we had, you know, it was a school of 1,200, no, geez, 700 kids when I was there, uh, but there would be 400 kids in the weight room four days a week during the summer. So half the high school was in the weight room, boys and girls in the weight room every day during the summer, trying to get better just because they wanted opportunities that they knew if they paid their dues now, there's going to be opportunities for them later. And so when I was there, I bought into that 100% full fold and it, it did not matter. I did not have aspirations of going to the NFL. All I knew is when I was at Web City, I wanted to be the best player that I could be that to help my team out, to just do everything I possibly can to pour into my teammates and make us the best that we could possibly be. And just, I took that attitude each step of the way along my journey. And so when it got to the college, it was like, I still was not thinking about the NFL. You know, I was thinking about what can I do right now in this moment? How, how well, you know, if we're, if we're building a wall, how well can we lay each brick as a foundation to build upon? And it started at such a young age for me. And just that attitude, just pouring in to wherever I was at, at whatever station of life I was at, just if I'm going to be, and I talk to my kids about it, it's like, I don't care what you do in this world. You know, but what I want you to do is, whatever you do, find joy in it and be the absolute best at it. If you're going to be the garbage man, you be the freaking best garbage man Springfield, Missouri has ever seen. And if you live your life like that, there's joy in that. There's joy in pouring into your job. There's pouring job, joy in pouring into others. And it, it makes you a more well-rounded person, a more successful person, and gives you opportunities that would not be there otherwise. Um, if I had been purely focused on myself and my journey, the journey would not have been near as rewarding. You know, if uh, I didn't celebrate with people and bring people along with me along the way, uh, it would not have been near as rewarding to me. So just being where I came from, like I said earlier, there weren't a lot of kids that they don't make it to the NFL. And I probably, you know, statistically shouldn't have either, but I did not listen to the statistics. 
I knew what I wanted to be. I knew that in this moment, I'm going to be the absolute best football player that I can be. And it just kept propelling me. And eventually it gave me an opportunity to play in the NFL and just set up not only my life, but my family's life. I've been able to do so many things for so many other people uh, because of just paying my dues, being focused on where I was at, at whatever station in life I was at, knowing what maybe the ultimate goal was, but not losing sight of the task at hand. Because when we take those small steps every day, that's when the, you know, that allows you to complete that journey. Springfield Business Journal has been the business authority for over 40 years. SBJ strives to provide the most relevant, timely, and accurate business news you need to make important decisions. Locally owned and operated, Springfield Business Journal helps businesses market themselves to other businesses. Since 75% of the readers are the owner, GM, or VP at the business, SBJ helps your business influence decision makers when it matters most. If you need to raise your profile when businesses are considering your category of service, make sure you are differentiating yourself by using the Springfield Business Journal. My next guest, Elise Crane, is someone that I have considered a personal friend and mentor of many years. I was just 26 years old when I met her and just out of graduate school. I needed direction and a job, and Elise Crane helped me to find inspiration in the construction industry. Elise is an Ozark, Missouri native living in her childhood home. She is a retired construction professional and lifelong volunteer. She is a Drury University graduate in political science, and Missouri State University awarded her an honorary doctorate in public affairs in 2015 for her community dedication and broad range of nonprofit service. Today, her focus is the preservation and development of an educational park at Garrison Springs near the Ozark Square. Elise is a friend and mentor to many, many local men and women from all walks of life. Let's hear what she had to say. I want to thank Jennifer for choosing me, and I'm in in a group of really wonderful people, and I'm proud to be here, and I'm proud to be a friend of the Springfield Business Journal. I haven't been involved all 40 years, but I think 38 of them I've been involved. And her mother and I were really good friends, too. So what we're going to do today, what I'm going to do, this is about me. For this next few minutes, it's about me. And I'm going to tell you about me, and I'm going to use individual words, that are, and the alphabet is my base. So as you think about these words, think about how many of them apply to you, how many you want to, to grow and change. So <clears throat> I'm adventurous, brave, courageous, Devoted, energetic, F is fine. Friend, thank you, friend. And some of my friends helped me put this together, by the way. Uh, Gracious, they didn't volunteer that part. Um, And uh, uh, humble, inspiring, so you used one of my words already. And uh, J is judicious, knowing, loving, mentor, nurturing, Optimistic, passionate, uh, respond, questioning. Thank you. She's helping me out here. Got an assistant. Uh-huh. Uh, responsive. Uh, I'm a storyteller. 
uh, T is team. I'm a team player. I'm unstoppable. I'm um, volunteer. W is wise. <laughs> I chose that one. <laughs> w, X is excels. Y is youthful. And Z is zesty. <laughs> so I've had, oh, thanks. <laughs> I've had some awesome, awesome adventures in my life. And, and one of the things I used years ago that I started, and, and it applies to everybody in this room, and uh, you put your, your hands are connected. It's like a spider web. And how you grow and change is the space between those webs. So I called it a spider web. Now I call it a power grid because that's what it is. So good luck to you and have a great day. Thank you for the time that you spent tuning in to Springfield Business Journal's 90 Ideas podcast. Also, many thanks to Great Southern Bank for making sure these great thoughts were shared with an audience through their generous sponsorship. If you liked what you heard, I invite you once again to access full written submissions by each of our guests at www.sbj.net slash 90 ideas and to tune in for episode two of SBJ's 90 ideas podcast series. If you liked what you heard, I invite you once again to access full written submissions by each of our guests at www.sbj.net slash 90 ideas and to tune in for episode two of SBJ's 90 Ideas podcast.